Good morning, everyone. Let me just first uh, uh, welcome our guests, our visitors, all of you uh, this morning. My name is Pastor Shane. I'm usually the one preaching here on Sunday morning. If you are visiting with us this Memorial Day weekend, thank you so much for being here. I always want to catch us up, especially to be uh, hospitable to our guests about where we are. We are uh, kind of in the middle now, about two Sundays left in a sermon series that uh, we're calling Off the Grid. And the whole point of this sermon series is that I want us to explore what are some of the lifestyle habits that the Bible prescribes that we as God's people should incorporate to our lives that will make us look a little perpendicular, a little odd to the rest of mainstream society? One of the things that I've been trying to get across and will continue to get across is that we think Christianity is religion. It is, but it's mostly a lifestyle. Than, it is a religion, than a religion. It's a way of living. Jesus calls us to live in a certain way, and we're looking at some of these things. Uh, a few weeks ago, we uh, talked about how Jesus calls us to a lifestyle of simplicity, not more and more and more and more stuff, more stuff. He calls us into community with each other, part of what our dinner in July is about, to be in community. We don't follow Jesus by ourselves. We do this together. Last week, Jesus was a friend of the poor. He didn't just serve them. He was friends with them. We're actually called to be in friendship with the poor, to get to know them. And so today, we're going to look at this next one. Man, this is really off the grid. And this is the Sabbath, the day of Sabbath keeping. as a lifestyle habit that you find from Genesis all the way through the rest of the Scriptures. We do know that the Jews of this day keep the Sabbath, the religious Jews. We know that Jesus kept the Sabbath. We know that St. Paul kept the Sabbath. We know that the early church kept the Sabbath. We know that Methodists kept the Sabbath. We'll get into that in just a minute. But before we get any further, I want to read to us from our uh, passage this morning from the book of Genesis, chapter 1. I'm going to invite you to stand as we hear these words together. The words will be on your screen. It comes from near the end of the creation story. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image, and the image of God he created them, male and female. He created them. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. Which day? The sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day. I'm going to come back to that. God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. He made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Sabbath keeping. I got to tell you, let me just start out by letting you know that uh, of all the sermons that I have preached in my years of ministry, you know, I could preach about money, I can preach about just about anything else. I'm telling you, the few times that I have preached on the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath, the day of rest that God commanded his people to do, uh, I have met, those sermons of mine have been met with more either resistance, people get worked up about it, no pun intended. Or people just flat out dismiss it. Psst, yeah, whatever. All the so- topics I preach about is the Sabbath sermons that either get resisted or dismissed outright. I remember one of the very first sermons that I ever preached on the Sabbath. This is going back to uh, my, my first years in ministry. 
I was serving this small country church, delightful congregation, but I remember I preached this sermon on the Sabbath. Uh, it was like this series on the Ten Commandments. It's the Fourth Commandment, and uh, after the sermon, an older gentleman in the congregation, you know, he, he comes up to me after the, at the door, and he says, uh, let me tell you something. My daddy raised me to believe that rest is for dead people, and that is exactly how I'm going to live my life. I'm like... It's one of the commandments. It's one of the ten commandments. I mean, if I were to ask all of you to like, like show, give me a show of hands, if I were to say, uh, how many of you believe that idolatry, worshiping other gods, is wrong? I bet I could get a show of hands. If I were to ask, uh, how many of you think uh, adultery, lying, uh, stealing is wrong, I could probably get a show of hands on this. If I were to say, how many of you think we should honor our mother and our father, teenagers, keep your hands up, most of you would say, yes, we should do this. But we habitually break the fourth commandment to keep the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, we will brag about it. I mean, we've come to think of busyness as one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, generosity, busyness. I know people who will swell with pride if they show you their calendar and how full it is. Oh, I must be somebody special. Look at my calendar. How busy I am. We do this. We'll brag about this kind of stuff. And what I've got to tell you as your pastor is that that's actually unfaithful. That's unfaithful. It's not what we're called to be at all. Works good. We talked about work back in January. You may remember that sermon. Work is good. Work is a gift from God. It's your ministry, whatever you're doing in the name of Jesus. That's your primary ministry. We talked about that. Work is such a gift from God that God calls us to do it six times a week. For six days you shall work, but one day God commands his people to really go off the grid. One day God says you shall cease from your work. Uh, That word that we hear as Sabbath comes from a Hebrew word, Shabbat. Shabbat, if you go to Israel on the Sabbath day, they'll say Shabbat Shalom. Kind of how they greet you. I love that, Shabbat. The Hebrew word Shabbat that we translate as Sabbath literally means stop. On the Sabbath day, God says, stop with whatever you're doing. Stop like Fred Flintstone and slide down the dinosaur. Some of you remember that. It's a sacred image for the morning. Stop. We're called as God's people to stop whatever we're doing. It's hard to do on the Sabbath day. John Wesley, I got to tell you, I'm going to come back to John Wesley. I've been reading a lot of uh, Wesley. I'm trying to tell you some of the things that he taught. John Wesley, man, he was a fierce proponent. He was a fierce supporter of keeping the Sabbath, that Christians need to keep the Sabbath. Uh, You know, before Methodism became a denomination, as we know it today, kind of a tradition, it used to be just little, what they called societies, it was these little classes of of people, it was all over England and other parts of the world in the United States. And John Wesley would say, anybody can become Methodist, anybody can come into our societies and do our disciplines, (laughs) but to remain a Methodist... Did you know that one of the first requirements to stay a Methodist involved the Sabbath day? I want to share something with you. I I brought this morning uh, the book of discipline. Some of you brought your Bible. I brought my book of discipline. 
It's the law book of the Methodist Church. If you go to page 78 of the book of discipline, this is what John Wesley says. If you want to stay a Methodist, one of the first requirements is you shall do no harm. How? By profaning the Sabbath day of the Lord, either by doing ordinary work or by buying or selling anything. Watch that. Listen to this. This is if you want to stay a Methodist. You shall not profane the, the Sabbath day of the Lord either by doing ordinary work or by buying or selling anything. That kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're, if you're selling something, what are you doing? You're working. But if you're buying something, what are you doing? You're making somebody else work. Trust me, as a restaurant guy, I know what this is like. You're making somebody else work. And John Wesley says, if you want to stay a Methodist, you, you, should, you shall not buy or sell even on the Sabbath day or do any of your ordinary work. And I was thinking, man, how many of us would be able to remain Methodist if, like, we enforce this on you? How many of you have I just ruined your lunch plans for because you thought about buying some lunch today? Sorry. <laughs> you know, but this, this is exactly what John Wesley calls us to be. Now, the practice of the Sabbath... As we know it, it came to be uh, from, in the Bible, from the Jewish experience of slavery where? In Egypt. Okay, it was out of that experience. See, in Egypt, Pharaoh used the Jews, enslaved them to become a cheap labor source in Egypt so that he could exploit them to build his storehouses. And so in Egypt, Pharaoh's system was this system of Constant producing, constant brick making, constant anxiety, constant work, constant labor. In Egypt, it was endless production, it was endless work, 24-7. That was Pharaoh's way, 24-7. And yet by chapter 3 of the book of Exodus, God sends Moses and says to Moses, I have heard the cries of the laborers. And I want them to come out of Pharaoh's system of endless production and endless anxiety and endless work. And on their way to the promised land, God says to God's people, you're going to be really different. And I command you, you will not be a 24-7 people. Not my people. You will not be 24-7. You will be 24-6. Six days you will work. But one day... You will rest. You will stop. And you'll consecrate it to me. So the Sabbath day was really a kind of resistance. It was like a Jewish resistance to the economy of Pharaoh. His constant buying, his constant selling, his constant production, his constant work. It was resistance. As a matter of fact, if you go and read Exodus 20, that's where Moses receives the Ten Commandments. And if you read the Fourth Commandment, it is actually the longest. It's the most elaborate of all the commandments. Most of the commandments are just a sentence. You know, you shall not steal. Uh, you shall not kill. But the Fourth Commandment is the longest. I just thought I'd share it with you. Here, here's the Fourth Commandment. It is a commandment. God says this, he says, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not do any work. You, your children, your slaves, your livestock, or the immigrants living among you. Now in Egypt, 
Who got to rest? The elite people. Those who were on top of the social pyramid, because in Egypt they love their pyramids. You got that. But in Egypt, who did not get to rest? The laborers. But in Israel, who gets to rest now? Everybody. The rich, the poor, the cattle, the children. Everybody gets to rest. If you're going to be a part of God's people. i got to tell you this. One of the ways you can determine whether the structures of our society are pleasing to God is simply by asking yourself, who gets to rest and who doesn't? Who has to work constantly just to make ends meet? Now, if you're going to stop working, you're really going to do this. If you're going to stop working, you really got to trust that God's going to provide for you. You got to trust this. I mean, one of the things that the Sabbath does, if, if, you, if you do it, is that it, it helps you. It prevents you from worshiping the work of your own hands, like our own achievement. We can kind of succumb to this idea that uh, the world spins on its axis thanks to our efforts. It's all about us and about what I do. What's that saying? If it has to be, it's up to whom? It's up to me. We can kind of fall into that mindset. I love what one Jewish sage said about the Sabbath last century. He says this, on the Sabbath day, you've got to learn to say farewell to your work for one day and understand that the world has already been created and it will survive without your help. Thank you very much. The world's already been created on the Sabbath day. We realize, no, it doesn't spin because of what I'm doing. I mean, the Sabbath... It places some limits on us. We don't like to think of ourselves with any kind of limits. We want to think of ourselves as unlimited, but we're limited. You think about not buying or selling, Wesley's motto on the Sabbath. I mean, we think money is everything in our culture, but if you can't buy and you can't sell on the Sabbath, it becomes useless. It's limited. It's limited. You could give it away. Don't buy, don't sell. It becomes limited. And the point of all of this is, is that our obsession with work, our chronic pursuit of doing more and more and more and never slowing down, what we're actually saying is, God, I do not trust you. I do not trust that you will actually provide. Workaholism, this makes me unpopular. I know the temptation. Workaholism is saying, Lord, I don't trust you. I do not trust you. Now, I've heard some people, I've been in Bible studies before, and uh, we'll talk about this, and somebody will say, uh, well, let me just tell you that, uh, you know, the Sabbath is a part of the law of Moses, but the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us has freed us from the works of the law. Thanks be to God. No, that's why we read from Genesis this morning and not Exodus. Now, you think about the Genesis story. I love pointing things out. Maybe you've never seen this before, but this is cool. It's one of those cool moments. Okay, so God creates human beings on which day? Two of you remember that. <laughs> he creates humanity on which day? The sixth day. And then the book of Genesis says on the seventh day, God blessed it. And what did God do? He rested. All the creation in that moment rested. Now, here's what's something interesting. You know, you can write this down in the margins of your Bible if you have it with you. Think about this. 
So God creates human beings on the what day? The sixth day. God rested in all creation on the what day? The seventh day, which means humanity's first day of existence was which day? The day of rest. And so the great sages of the Bible say that this is proof that God created you and me, humanity, first to delight in what God has already made. You and I exist to delight. That was the first day. God did not make us and say, get to work. If you read the Babylonian stories of creation, that's exactly what the gods did. They made human beings and said, get to work, get to work, get to work. But God gave us the first day of, first full day of our existence, the day of rest. And let me ask you something. When was the last time you actually delighted in what God has made? When was the last time you actually said, stepped back and said, man, it is good to be alive? When was the last time you did that? I mean, you and I are in a society right now, we have more creature comforts than any civilization that has ever seen. And yet we remain the most depressed, the most dissatisfied, the most discontent, the most anxious, the most exhausted of people that the world has ever known. Why is that? But the Sabbath day calls us that you actually exist for delight. What we've done is that we've kind of created work as like the foundation of our identity. We think uh, we are worth, our worth as human beings is in direct proportion to our ability to produce something. This is why you and I fear getting old. We fear we're going to be a burden to someone, by which we mean we're not going to be productive citizens anymore. But the Sabbath day says, no, you don't just exist to produce something. You exist to delight in God, and yet we remain so restless. Things coming at us all the time. I saw a a 60 Minutes episode a few weeks ago. I hope some of you saw this. And it was this little segment. Yeah, I got it. It was a little segment on one of these things. Our smartphones, we like to hold it up like a sacrament. And uh, one of the segments in in 60 Minutes said is that uh, what these software engineers have done, the the name of the segment was brain hacking. Did y'all see this? And what the the software engineers have figured out, they've kind of figured out how our brains work. And uh, now I've got to tell you, as a preface, I'm all for technology. Technology is a great tool. I love that I can communicate with people even on the other side of the world just by texting them. That's cool. But what software engineers have figured out is how our brain works. So they know now that uh, we love to pull like a slot machine and we think we're going to win something. And so we like to check our phone every 10 minutes because we're afraid or we want one of these little windows to appear. So we got a text. And what that does is it activates the centers of our brain, the pleasure centers of our brain. And so every 10 minutes or 15 minutes, we want to go back and we want to check our phones. And one of the engineers, this is literally what he said, that we have figured out how to keep you in a constant state of anxiety. You want to check your phone right now just because I'm talking about it. <laughs> yeah, every 10 minutes, well, oh, let me just look, let me just look, let me just look. And we hear these little beings and dings that it will completely, whatever we're focused on, we will put our focus on that phone. And, of course, we all have this experience. Now we're working constantly, aren't we? Hooking up our work emails. I mean, we're constantly doing work, but God, God actually created us for delight. 
Uh, John Wesley, when he was looking at that creation story that we just read, he noticed something. I had never read his sermon on the Sabbath, but he noticed how the book of Genesis says that God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God blessed that day, none of the others. And John Wesley said in his sermon, man, if you will keep the Sabbath, God will pour out his blessings on you. That's the day God blessed. And by denying yourselves, keeping the Sabbath, taking a day away apart just to focus on the things that you love, by denying yourself the keeping of the Sabbath, he says we're denying God's blessings. I mean, God has given us a guaranteed, assured way that he is going to pour out his blessings on us, and we don't do it. We become like little children on Christmas morning. We get this nice, expensive gift, but they just prefer the box. Why would we do this? Why would we deny ourselves what John Wesley said was a surefire way? God is going to pour out his blessings on you if you do this. But yet we're kind of like, no, 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 I just prefer the tater tots. Thank you very much, even though ribeye's on the menu. He wants to bless you, and we don't do it. Like, here's the way. I will bless you. But we turn it down over and over again. Well, as uh, Kyle said in his uh, prayer a little moments ago, we, we worship a God here this morning. He's not a workaholic. God is not a workaholic. That means we're not supposed to be either. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you one of the things that we do here at Harrison Church. Uh, some of you know this. Some of you don't know this. Is that uh, we observe every month something that we call a Sabbath weekend. A Sabbath weekend. What happened is that when I first got here a few years ago, I met with several folks and I kept hearing the same refrain. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> a couple people said this church is wearing me out. Sometimes churches can do that. You know, and I was all fired up, energetic, and, and then talked to some people about this and we kind of came up with this, this idea like well, what would it look like if we as a Harrison congregation, what if we set aside a full weekend every month well, we don't have any activities going on so that you, our people, can observe a Sabbath day. And so every second Sunday or every second weekend of the month, we observe something called the Sabbath weekend. And the reason for this is because God commands us to do this. This is the fourth commandment. We are called to rest. Now, uh, some people this morning are going to be thinking, to my, thinking uh, like, okay, so uh, like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, we want to turn it into some work, make a to-do list on the Sabbath. What am I supposed to do? And my response really is nothing. But I'll give you a couple of pointers. First things first. Number one, this is a commandment. Let's not be proud that we break the fourth commandment. Second thing is, is that you've got to find a day. Now, we can get caught up into days, like which day is the right day. We know that Christians traditionally observe Sunday as their Sabbath. Some people cannot observe Sunday as their Sabbath. I will tell you that as your pastor, my Sabbath is from sundown Thursday to sundown Friday. That's what it is. But you've got to find a day. That's the most important thing. Find a day. And it's a day. It's not 10 minutes of quiet time. It's not just an hour of worship. It's a day. And what are you supposed to do on this day? <laughs> Whatever you love to do. Like, put the work now. Turn off the phone for a few hours, or at least turn off the notification. Bing, 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 bing. 
Yeah. Turn it off. Be with the people that you love. Go outside. Relish God's creation. Make sure it is good to be alive. I mean, give God thanks for this. John Wesley said, if you will do this, if you will find a day, God will bless you if you do this. Someone once said, uh, Peter Scazzaro is his name. He says that a good way for us to think about a Sabbath is that you and I, we need to treat a Sabbath day like a snow day in the south. What happens on a snow day in the south? Operation shutdown. And then a couple of days before the snow day happens, what do we do? We just stop. We just get everything we can. We prepare for it. In the same way, what's your snow day going to be? Find it. John Wesley is serious. God will bless you if you do this. And i got to tell you this. If you cannot find a day to do this, you got to ask yourself why. That's not God's will. That's Pharaoh. That's not God. So my friends, let's live off the grid. Unplug. Disconnect. Come out of Egypt. Come out of Egypt. Your life does not consist in making bricks. And you will be blessed. Let us pray. Lord, it's amazing that you call us to rest and we can find every excuse in a book not to do it. But don't let that be the case anymore. You call us to delight in your gifts, to delight in our existence. We cannot do that if we are frenetic, running all the time. So transform us, your people. Help us know that Jesus' resurrection has inaugurated a perpetual Sabbath. We are his people. And he is the one who said to us, Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Harrison Church. To stay connected to Harrison Happenings, please follow us on Facebook or Twitter at HarrisonUMC or online at harrisonchurch.org.